You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. 2 Corinthians, the first six chapter, rather, rather verse 1 through 10. I'm going to read it collectively, and then I'm going to start exegeting or talking about these scriptures individually. But 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 10, it says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Verse 3, giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fasting. Verse 6, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the arm of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. And so I wanted to speak today, and I'll be continuing next week, on the theme that God has given me for this year, and that is building with grace. Everyone say, building with grace. Say, I will build with grace, and we will build with grace. And so this, this concept of building with grace comes from seeing the scripture and what Paul is saying and then appropriating it to where we are as a church where we are as a society, even, you know, this current administration has a, has a theme, a model called Build Back Better. Okay, and you got folks, there are folks who are trying to stop them from building because they say, yeah, we want it better, but we don't want it that much better. We want it better, but we don't want to pay for it being better. Okay, um, but we're talking in this church as we're getting ready to break ground to build a new facility that will house 2,000 people totally in the building. Uh, that will is the culmination of vision for many years as we get ready to build this new sanctuary and do all that we have to do in it and put all we have to put in it to make it excellent and make it right directionite worthy. Amen. Uh, it's going to take the grace of God and it's going to take us having the mind to work and a mind to build. But more than anything, it's going to take us having a revelation of the grace of God to build. So our theme is building with grace. And yet at the same time, I don't want you to think this is just about us building a new church and building, building, trying to get you, get, get your mind involved with it and getting your support for it and getting your finances for it because this is a partnership. This is a partnership. This is a partnership that as we work with God, he works with us. This is a work partnership that if we help God do what he wants to do in the earth and when God chooses to do something in the earth, don't miss this. When God chooses to do something for mankind, 
in the earth, in the, for a community, for a state, for a nation. He raises up a man and he raises up a woman and then he gives them help. Okay? I, I, you, you, can, you can put it any way you want, put it in any area. When God wants to do something, he chooses to raise up a man and then he gives them help. When God, God wanted to deliver Israel, he wanted to bring, bring, bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he tells Moses, you know, I came down to deliver him. Moses is like, yes. Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to make Pharaoh uh, let my people go. And I'm going to make Pharaoh regret he ever put it in. Moses is like, yes. And then he says, all right, now come on. I'm sending you. He said, huh? Because when he wants to do something, he raises up a man. He raises up a woman. And then when Moses started making excuses, he says, I can't do this. I can't talk. And, and he said, well, you, you, uh, uh, he didn't even realize. He said, your brother, he's been out here in the wilderness for the last several days, about a month now looking for you. He's about to walk up on you. Isn't it good to let God let you know who, when somebody gave me a walk up on you? <laughs> he said, he gave me a walk up. He said, now he can talk. He said, take him with you. What? What was he doing? He was giving help. Then he gave him help in the form of, of Joshua. To be his assistant. Whenever God wants to do something, he raises up somebody and then gives them help. One of the keys to know that you're in the will of God is whether you got help. If you're all by yourself, nobody helping you, nobody supports you, nobody's with you, you're just you against the world, there's a problem. Because anytime God raises you up to do something, he gives you help. It is not good for man to be all one, alone. I will raise up a help, me, somebody who's suitable for you. Are y'all listening to me? Jesus had thousands follow him, but he had 12 help. Are y'all hearing me here? It was, it was the helpers when Jesus wanted to feed the 5,000. He needed some help. So he says, get the boys lunch, but then you 12, tell everybody to sit down. I'm going to just bless the food, and then I want you to take what I put in your hand and start distributing it to them. And as they obeyed him and distributed, it started magnifying and increasing in their hand. And the more they gave, the more it increased. So we are partnering with God. As we get ready for this to build this new facility, we are partnering with God. God going to help you to help us, and he's going to help us to help you. God going to help you to help us. He's going to help us to help you. We're in this thing together. You know, we got the kind of love that lasts forever. Like diamonds on the vine. It gets sweet all the time. We're in this love together. This is partnership. Everybody see a partnership. And so that's what that verse says there. 2 Corinthians 6 chapter, starting in verse 1, it says, We then, we... Paul didn't just say me, he's the apostle of the church who planted this church, but he's writing to those now who are part of this church. He said, we then, not me, not you, we, you and us, us and you. You and me will never part, we are partners. We then, as workers together with him, we beseech you, we beg you, we urge you, we encourage you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. He said, there is a grace that God has put upon you to get stuff done, to do the work he's called you to do. Don't receive the grace in vain. Don't let the, don't waste the, oh, there, there we go. That, that's the concept I had. Don't waste the grace. Look at your name and say, don't waste the grace. 
receive not the grace of God in vain. God has put his grace upon you. What is grace in this context? It means God has endowed you. God put something on you. God has put something in you. God has put some favor on you. God has put some anointing and oil on you. And it's not just to make you shiny and have a shiny forehead. He's graced you to work. He's graced you to get something done. He's graced you to be effective. And in this case, he's graced us to be able to build this facility, $50 million facility. I'm going to go ahead and say it without stress, without strain, and without struggle. Let me say it again. We're going to do it without stress, without strain, and without struggle. We're going to do it without folks getting on our nerves. We're going to do it without strain. Oh, it's just so hard. I just don't know. No, the devil is alive. We're going to do it without strain. And we're going to do it without struggle. We are not coming up the rough side of the mountain. Are oh, you hearing me? We speaking to every mountain and saying, grace, grace to that mountain. Who art thou, O great mountain? You shall become a molehill. We then as works together beseech you that you receive not the grace of God. Not in vain. He said, I want you to understand because you're working with God, there's a grace on you. But you need to be conscious of that grace and recognize the grace. You got to be conscious of the grace and recognize the grace. It's kind of like Moses having his staff and he didn't know God had put something on that staff. Anointed the staff. That when he needed water, God said, what you got in your hand? See, you thought it was just a walking stick. There's some grace on that staff. <laughs> Are you hearing me? He said, put the staff down. Use your staff. And so there is something that God's given us. In this case, it is his grace. First of all, it's his grace that brought us this far. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we've already come. It was his grace that brought us safe this far. But now it's his grace that's empowering us, that's invigorating us, that invigorating us, that is stimulating us, that is encouraging us, that is energizing us to do everything we need to do. Somebody say, I got it on me. I got it on me. I got it on me. We then as workers together with God beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. And then verse 2, so you can't start reading verse 2 without verse 1. He says, for, he said, don't, don't, don't receive the grace of God in vain because God said, for, because God has said, I have heard thee in a time accepted. God said, God said, I've heard you. Your prayer has been answered. Um, Prisma, what's now Prisma has Health hospital up here in Irmo. Okay? Prisma Health Park Ridge. It used to be called Park Ridge or Palmetto Baptist Park, Park Ridge. But before they broke ground to build that, there was a sign, at least in this area of town, many of you live on the other area of town, other part, but there was a sign and this, it said, your hospital has been approved. They had, they had billboards that said, your hospital has been approved. They had not broken ground yet. 
But they were letting the people here in the community know we don't have to ride all the way up to, see, that don't mean nothing to y'all unless you live over here. Okay? Because going down to Richland is like, please. Okay? And then one time, all y'all were scared to go to Lexington. I ain't going to Lexington. They kill a brother over there. When I first moved to town, you know, you know, I, I, I laugh. I laugh at Pastor Trey and Pastor Dwayne because they live over there. And so I said, I said, it's funny. I said, because, you know, it don't matter. I said, it's just obvious you're not from here. I said, because people who were from Columbia, they didn't used to go over there. That, that's how it was years ago. I didn't know that till I was here. I was in this part of town, and, and so when we first moved here, uh, uh, we lived over here, Le Lesson County off of St. Andrews and Old Bush River Road, and somebody, and we told somebody to come to our house, and they said, where you live? They said, is that Richard County? This is like 1996. I said, yeah. They said, oh, I don't go Richard County. I mean, Lesson County. They have been raised. That is scary over there. On the other hand, let me tell you another story. This, this is a true story, too. When I first moved here, I worked in Casey, South Carolina, South Carolina and, I, and I, you know, oversaw a staff there, and I needed to go see dentists. And I looked at our dental plan from Cigna, and they had particular, you know, preferred providers who you go to. And I looked at one, and I knew where I was, and I wanted to try to make an appointment during my lunch hour or something. And I saw one, and it said a dentist, it said Main, Main Street. And so I, I was just, just moved here. I asked somebody in my office, I said, well, here's one right here. Look like it's about a mile, two miles from here. They said, they said, where is it? I said, Main Street. They said, North Main Street? I said, yeah. They said, you can't go there, you'll get shot. That's what he took. He said, you can't, I mean, like, really? Like, you just go there, you get shot. It's just a wild, just bullets just in the street, you're going everywhere. You say, if you can't go there, you can't go now. How do I get on all this here? Okay. What was I talking about? Grace. We are laborers, workers together with God. God gives us the grace to do whatever we need to do. He says, He says, Now I have secured thee. This is the day of salvation. I secure thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So they had the sign for the hospital. Now we say, now we can build the hospital. You couldn't build until it's been approved. So when God says, I've heard thee in a time accepted, the day of salvation I've secured thee, now is the accepted time. He said, now it's been approved for you to go forward. So go ahead and do it with my grace. So it's not like we, we got to try to bulldoze something we don't have permits for, even in the natural, but I'm talking in the spiritual. God said this is our time to move forward and to build, and he's graced us to do it. Now don't, don't let this approval be in vain. Don't let the permits just sit there. Don't let the money just be there. Take the resources I've given you and go forward and build. But I want you to understand, this is not merely about our church. This is about your life. Build the life that I want you to have. Build the marriage I want you to have. Build the family I want you to have. Build that business I want you to build. For some of you, the Lord said, this is going to be a year of transition. 
You're going to transition from doing something you've been doing for years into doing something that seems brand new and it seems like a new opportunity is going to seem scary. But this side hustle at some point got to become the main hustle. Let me say it again. The side hustle can't stay a side hustle if you're going to be a millionaire. If you're going to dominate, at some point you have to become the main hustle. And for some of you, this is going to be your year to transition. He said, behold, now is accepted time. Don't let the grace that I put on you be in vain. Work to grace. Work to grace. Work with the grace. Let the grace work through you. So God's grace is available for us to do everything that he's called us to do and to fulfill every assignment. Help, aid, assistance, and support is here right now. Then verse 3 he says, and while you're doing it, he said God's going to grace you to have the right attitude to cross the T's and dot the I's. Verse 3 says, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. He said people's eyes are going to be upon you. But it's all right. They're going to have something good to look at. Giving no offense in anything, you're going to be able to cross the T's and dot the I's. Okay? They're going to be, the Bible said that they watched Jesus and they tried to trick Jesus and entrap Jesus. And they tried to get him to say something. The Bible said that they waited for something to come out of his mouth that they might accuse him. But he knew what was in man. If certain folks he wouldn't even talk to, certain people he didn't even respond to, giving no offense to anything, that the ministry be not blamed. He said, you're going to be able to do ministry with excellence. We're going to be able to do what we need to do without people pointing fingers. He says, in all things are proving ourselves as ministers of God. Folks don't have to remind us that we're saved. You know you're saved. You're supposed to be a preacher. No, ain't no supposed to be a preacher. I am a preacher. You're supposed to be a Christian. You have people say that. You're supposed to be a Christian. Whenever they, whenever they point at you and say you're supposed to be a Christian, that's because something that you're doing or saying or acting right now, somewhere you're acting, seems inconsistent with your profession. But there's going to be a grace on us that nobody's going to be able to point fingers at us. There's going to be a grace upon us that we approve ourselves as the minister of God. Watch it. God's going to give us the patience, impatience, and afflictions, and necessities. I told me, even when it looks like you don't have what you need, in distresses, what would be distressful, in stripes, that, that was people persecuting them, in imprisonments, in turmoils, and labors, in watches, and fasting. He said, no matter what the situation, there's a grace to go through it. Somebody said, I'm going to go through with grace. Now, notice. He does not say because we are workers together with God or as other translations say co-labors together with God or we're partners working with God. He does not say that you won't go through, that these situations won't come up. He says, yeah, there's going to be times where you're going to need patience, you're going to be afflicted, you're going to have necessities, you're going to be distresses, there's going to be stripes and imprisonments and torments and labors and watchings and fasting. Look like you're not even going to have what, what you need. He said, but in all this, God's going to take you through it. Somebody say, I have grace to go through whatever I have to go through. Come on, say that. Say it, say it, say it, say it like you believe it. Say, I have grace to go through whatever I need to go through. I wish I could promise you that there's grace that's going to prevent you from ever having a car accident. There's grace that's going to prevent your marriage from ever going through anything. There's grace that's going to that, that's prevent your children from ever doing anything stupid. 
There's grace that says it's going to prevent you from ever having a down day. No, the grace is to take us through despite all those things because in this world, we're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've given you the grace to deal with it. I've given you the grace to keep on going. I've given you the grace that it won't stop you, hinder you, or retard your progress. Oh, my God. It won't stop me. It won't hinder me. It won't retard my progress. It won't stop me. It won't hinder me. It won't retard my progress. It won't stop me. It won't hinder me. It won't, ret it, it, it won't retard my progress. It won't stop me. It won't hinder me. It won't retard my progress. I'm keeping on going no matter what I'm going through. I, I, I looked at one of the football games this week, and they put the football, they was at the line of scrimmage, and they put the, they put the football in the hand of this six-foot-something, 300-pound dude. And all he had to do was run through. Is run through. And, uh, and the commentator said, that's 320 pounds coming at you right there, buddy. That's 320. He said, you can't stop that. That's 320 pounds coming at you right there. And they were, they was lined up and they was at the line of scrimmage. And he just grabbed he just... <laughs> Nothing stopped him. Nothing hindered him. Nothing retarded his progress. Nothing stopped him. Nothing hindered him. Nothing retarded his progress. I'm telling you, there's a grace on us to plunge through and tunnel through. And nothing gonna stop us. Nothing gonna hinder us. Nothing gonna retard our progress. Somebody say, I got the grace to do it. So no matter what you're going through, no matter, Paul said, the external circumstances, God's grace is going to help us represent him with the right attitude. You know, one of the things uh, that a diplomat does is know how to speak, know what to say, and, how, and the right attitude. Years ago, I got better. I got better. You know, if you're going to make it in corporate America, that's why some of us are better suited for it than others. You know, you got, uh, you got to have the right attitude. You got to be able to smile and grin and deal with kind of stuff, even though you know the real deal. You got to deal, really, okay, we got a term for it now. I didn't have a term for it back then when I was starting corporate America in the 80s. Got to deal with these microaggressions. You all know what I'm talking about. But they're saying stuff, talking sideways out the side of their face. And you know what they mean, but they ain't saying what they mean. But you, did you, did you look around, did you just hear what they said? Did, is this, this is acceptable? Okay. Mike, Mike, microaggressions. And so um, when I started in corporate America in 1988, uh, I started in an office in Portland, Maine, a claim office. And I was the only African-American in the whole office, about 200 of us, I believe. Professional or the, what they call the clerks or the administrative people. And then uh, there was another guy I had met, and I, he said, <laughs> I remember, I remember the, when I got hired, I said, if, if you know any other people, let us know. We're hiring people like you. <laughs> I said, you mean, those, you mean like these smart people and good-looking people? And I knew exactly what he meant. And so I got another guy who thought, and so um, one time I had this conflict with somebody, and I was right, and I was just being assertive about it, and my supervisor said to me, he says, the guy happened to be, his name was Norval. He said, I ain't making this up. 
I'm not, his name really was Norville. I know Eddie Murphy made a movie about it later. His name was Norville. And uh, he said to me, he says, Herb, you got to learn to be more a diplomat. He said, be like your friend Norville. And I looked and I said, no, I can't be like Norville. See, Norville let y'all walk all over him. And, and I, ain't, I ain't the one. Which is why 10 years later I got fired. <laughs> Because I wasn't the one. I, I had had it with these microaggressions. These micro had grew to macro. And I wasn't. But, was, but certain things we do, there's a certain grace that has to be upon you to do it. Okay? There is a grace you have to have to be a diplomat. And come on, we all know that. We, we know we just recently had somebody, regardless of whether you agree with policies or not, he was not very, he wasn't diplomatic on any level. Okay? As a matter of fact, he was obnoxious and said, you know, people like, did, you, did he really say that? Did he just call that person stupid? Did he just say, shut up? You know, and, and there's, a, there's a certain decorum that comes with grace. Are y'all with me here? Otherwise, you can start wars because you didn't mean to say that. You didn't mean, mean to do that. Well, at this season, there's a new grace coming upon you to know how to act. To have the right attitude despite all the external things that, because you need it for this next level. Oh, come on now. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. I have the grace for this next level. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations. If you are in our area, come join us at one of our three locations. In Columbia, South Carolina, Sunday morning worship is at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Wednesday Bible study is at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study is at 12 noon. Our worship center is located at 3506 Broad River Road in Columbia. In Orangeburg, South Carolina, join us with campus pastors Trey and Katie Brave for Sunday morning worship at 10.30 a.m. and Tuesday evening Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located at 990 Willington Drive in Orangeburg. In Florence, South Carolina, join us with campus pastors Dwayne and Denise White for Sunday morning worship at 10.30 a.m. and Tuesday evening Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located at 1507 King Avenue in Florence. Please email your testimonies to praisereport at rightdirection.info or letters can be mailed to P.O. Box 21672, Columbia, South Carolina, 29221. 
please consider partnering with us or send a one-time financial gift. For more information, visit our website at rightdirection.info. 